Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And it is Monday, and we've been doing this together for almost two years, Greg. Uh, this is Mr. Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for being a weekly guest, making it happen, making it a priority. Uh, it is it's not been two years, huh? <laughs> I think it has. It's just under two years. So I just wanted to wow. acknowledge that and thank you so much. So, yes, uh, topic number one is actually. Um, something I think you are uniquely positioned in my eight experts to talk about. And that is, you know, basically, how do you start with nothing and build an empire? And, um, you know, you have done so much uh, that I thought maybe that'd be an interesting conversation to kick around. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a video that posted on my YouTube channel today about that. I don't even remember remember what it says. I haven't watched it. You know, it was one that was part of a podcast that I did a while ago. So yeah. I don't even remember what I went into. But, you know, I started with nothing. I started yeah. with absolutely nothing. I didn't go to college. I went in the Navy right out of high school. Um, you know, but I developed skill sets um, and a mindset that, that transcends into value in the marketplace. And I look for problems to solve. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of ways to make money right now. I mean, you can you can make money doing a lot of different things, investing in stocks, investing in cryptos, investing in real estate. You can start a business. You can buy a business. You can flip cars. You can flip furniture. You can flip sports cards. I mean, there are so many ways you can make money, but none of those ways will make you money. None of those ways will make you money. You have to develop yourself first. You have to mm -hmm. get the skills, the training, and you have to have the mindset and the discipline to take deliberate focused action every single day on your goals in order to, you know, carve out that niche that has value in the marketplace, the problem that you're solving that is worth something to somebody else and then go from there. But, you know, from a literal sense in, in terms of how do you start, you know, a business or real estate or whatever from nothing, you know, like I did, meaning I didn't have any money to speak of. I didn't mm -hmm. have any backers, you know, anything like that. I had a truck, I had some tools, and I knew how to use them. And I went out and did things for people that they didn't want to do themselves or didn't have time to do that they were willing to pay for. Uh, and that's how I started. And then I reinvested the, the profits and the cash flow into other assets and other businesses that generated more cash flow to invest in bigger assets and just kind of grew it from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to go back and hit that I think, I think A, warrant a, a further deep dive and B, I think people might have missed the simplicities, right? You could have the, you could have the, whatever the hot thing is today to make money, right? Whatever it is, crypto, NFTs, sports cards, like Gary V, garage sales, whatever it is. But if you don't have the right mindset and you don't have that focus and daily discipline uh, to take that forward every day in small increments, right? The whole 1% better every day idea. Um, you could very quickly, frankly, lose money and, and, and burn yourself out, right? It, it, it's not, everybody won't do it, right? It could can, it can be the perfect business. You could be early, uh, but if you're not getting a little bit better each day and, and really going back and solving problems, right? Back, back to that mindset thing. Um, I don't think enough people appreciate that. Yeah, they really don't. And it's funny because, you know, I see some of the comments that, you know, are posted sometimes. And we talked about one time, you know, compound daily interest on an account mm -hmm. of 10% a day or 5% a day, you know, compounded every single day. And somebody's yeah. like, you know, how in the world do you do that? You know, like, like yeah. we were talking smoke, people are doing it every single day and stocks are doing it every single day and, you know, futures and options. They do it every single day in crypto. Um, you know, it's very difficult to do in real estate. You know, mm -hmm. if you buy something right, that value can compound. But 
in terms of just, you know, trading, day trading, yeah. you know, by the time frame, you can trade by the minute, by the hour, by the, you know, half day, by the day, week, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can get those kind of returns, but you got to know what you're doing. You got to yeah. study technical analysis. You got to study the markets. You got to understand trends and patterns and, you know, be able to get in and get out, you know, and a lot of, a lot of people do that every single day. And, you know, you can start with nothing, literally, you can start with a hundred bucks. And if you mm-hmm. compound that every single day, you can turn yeah. that into a nice little small fortune in a very quick amount of time. Yeah. And the other thing I want to talk about it again, it was the, it was the, our first interview together. I think I called it truck in a toolbox and you brought it up mm-hmm. again. You really did start this journey, which ultimately ended in a, a, a collection of businesses over nine figures, right? Um, people just, you initially were selling hours your hours, not even somebody else's hours, your hours. And then you built that up. Then you became the guy doing the job and you were, you had employees or 1099s and, you know, it, it really is a truck in a toolbox, you know, fr- frankly, the American dream, right? You, you pulled yourself up and you, you just, you did it. Yeah. And, and the first thing you have to decide is what do you want? What do you want to do? Because, you know, a lot of people just don't want to do it. They like the idea, <laughs> but they don't really want it and they don't really want to do what it takes to do it. So first and foremost, I wasn't the best carpenter in the world. I'm, I'm not the most skilled tradesman, carpenter, you know, business operator in the world. Yep. What I am is I'm a good leader, delegator, motivator. I know how to find good people and I know how to coach them to, to success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I did in all my businesses. So as soon as I could get out of the day-to-day of doing anything I did, and I replaced myself with other people that were better and smarter than me at mm-hmm. those things. And then I learned from them as well as coaching them. Um, you know, so it's, it's really interesting, but the key is I just, I just did it, you know, and, and a lot of people are afraid to take that chance, take that risk. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of losing. They're afraid of whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, life's quick, man, life goes by fast and you know, nobody's getting out of here alive. Yeah. Nobody getting out of here alive. So what are you afraid of? Take the risk. What's the worst that could happen? You know, I mean, that's the ultimate risk, right? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. One of my other experts is unfortunately suffering, a, a, um, you know, something you'd wish on no one, right? Their, their five-month-old has um, a pretty aggressive form of cancer, right? Mm. Five months. I mean, talk about heart-wrenching. And it, I, I think about, I've been thinking about that a lot the last couple of weeks because, you know, tomorrow's not prim- promised to anyone. You just brought it up. A life is short. You know, really, folks, what do you want? What is it, right? And um Stop making excuses, right? You can do it, right? Again, you started with a truck and a toolbox back to video number one two years ago. And you and paint, paint the vision of, of the end, you know, when you sold the company, right? You had how many employees and what were you doing? Just And then the timeline, right? You know, year one to the end, was it six or seven yeah, it years? seven year process. Yeah. You know, first year in sales, I did about 250,000. Next year was like, you know, 500, then 750, then 1.2, then 15, then 20, and then 30, you know, something like that. Right. And um, it went from a, you know, just a little handyman business, small remodeling handyman business uh, to a, um, you know, home building company to one of the largest builders and developers, as far as that business went, yeah. the construction company that I created. And it started with an idea. I mean, and literally yeah. here's how it started. I, I bought a house and I was trying to get some projects done on it in a new area that we had just moved to. Nobody would return your call. Nobody would show up. So where there's a problem, there's an opportunity. And I started mm-hmm. talking to my neighbors and they're like, oh yeah, you can't get anybody right now. Everybody's so busy. 
they literally go home, answer the phone and whoever's on the line, that's the next job they go to. And like nobody would show up. So they said, look, if you will just show up and do what you say you're going to do, you'll be successful. So I mm-hmm. literally put on my first business card. I will call you back. I yeah. will show up. <laughs> you know, I will. Yeah. You know, that I don't remember. Great marketing slogan. Yeah. That was my slogan. Yeah, I will return your call. I will show up. And so that's nice. what I did. And that's me. Like I'm, I'm follow oh, yeah. up, follow through instant. I have no backlog in my life. I take care of everything. I mean, people are shocked at how quick I respond and get to them. My clients and stuff, they're like, man, I didn't think you'd respond so fast. I'm like, that's what I do. That's yeah, how exactly. you become successful. Yeah. Successful people get things done. And um, so anyways, started out, you know, uh, with the idea of, man, I'm handy. I have a truck. I've got some tools. You know, I, I you know, had a couple little side businesses along the, along the way um, before this time. So this was 1997. Prior to that, I was in the Navy, you know, 84, 85, got out of the Navy um, and I did construction work and I work in restaurants. So I understood business. Um, I, I studied retail in the Navy and did retail in the Navy. So I, I understood business and accounting and how to be organized and keep the books and things like that. Um, and then I developed some skills with my tools by doing stuff around, you know, the house that I owned and mm-hmm. then doing side projects for other people, building fences, building decks, mm-hmm. um, you know, finishing rooms over the garage, did that for a family member. So I learned along the way how to do mm-hmm. any of these things. I went to Home Depot back in the day and I'd buy the book exactly. to do this because yeah. there was no Google, you know, yeah. back no then. YouTube. So it, yeah. I mean, you go back to an auto mechanic, the old Chilton's guides, you yeah. know, on how to fix something. Uh, so yeah. I mean, that's how I learned. I learned by doing, by reading it in the books. And then when Google came along, man, I was really, it was, yeah, exactly. like, man, it was a Watch. blessing in a curse yeah. because yeah, exactly. then all my customers were like, why Google this? And yeah. you know, this should only cost that. And I'm like, well, they don't include it anyways. So, um, you know, uh, started, started that business and it was an idea. Okay, so first becomes becomes the idea. So you think it, you speak it, you do it, and that's your life. That's how it works. And if anybody watching, if you think about whatever you have in your life right now, whatever you're living, you know, barring something like your child with cancer, I mean, I'm talking about business. Yes. You know, if there's anything you're doing in your life, you've thought about it first, then you Mm -hmm. started talking about it, and then you went and did it. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how success proceeds. It's an idea, faith in it, then the means to implement it. And, you know, so that's what I did. I started thinking, man, you know, I could do this, this and this. I had no clue how to do it. Yeah. So I said, well, the first thing I need is a name. So I came up with a name that made me sound like I was in the area forever, Outer Banks Construction. Um, It was the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So I sounded like I'd been there forever. I couldn't believe nobody had the name. Yeah, nobody had the Yeah. Yeah. I went and registered it with the courthouse and then you know, I was just a sole proprietor initially, and I bought a little book from the office store so I could keep my books, you know, keep a ledger, bought a little invoice tablet and an estimate tablet. So, you know, I could hand write you, I'd show up, Michael, here you go. I'm gonna write you an estimate right there at the end. You pay me, that's your invoice, you know? And then I, I recorded all that and I had a little, you know, briefcase and I kept my job files in and it was just me, my truck and my tools. And I had a little cell phone and- uh, Yeah, you know, they, weren't, they st- weren't little back then. <laughs> yeah yeah they were pretty good size and uh, you know then mobile installs and pagers and all that yeah that's funny so you know so that's how it started i said well you know if people are that busy then there's there's you know opportunity and created that little company it was just me and i started getting busier and busier and and then i hired my first person to help me in the field and then i hired another one and then that enabled me to come out of the day-to-day mm-hmm. and i would run materials and i would go do sales calls and then my next move was hiring a part-time office manager and uh, so she handled all the books part-time initially, and then she went full-time. And, um, 
And that put me in a position, once she went full-time, I had a crew in the field uh, with a leader that would go get all the materials and stuff. That put me in a position to just run the roads all day long, um, uh, doing sales appointments. So I would, you know, the beach was linear north to south. Basically, it was a little strip of sand off the coast of North Carolina. So I'd, I'd start out with my sales calls and whichever way they were, I'd go from south to north or north to south, just just showing up and I would write you an estimate right there on the spot. And if you wanted the work done, you had to pay a deposit right then and there. Otherwise, next, you yeah. know, and yeah. we qualified every appointment on the phone and say, look, you know, Greg will show up. He'll give you an estimate. If you want the job done, you have to book right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, we're so busy. We just don't have time. And, you know, if you want to get on the schedule, you got to book and you got to pay a 50% deposit or 20%, depending on the size of the job. And these were all little jobs in the beginning. When I say I did 250,000 my first year, I mean, that was probably 50 or 60 projects, maybe mm. 70. It was okay. a lot. Yeah. I mean, my average project was very small. I'd do a hundred dollar job. I'd do a $500 job. And, you know, when we did 1.2 million that first year, I mean, you know, we did hundreds and hundreds of projects. It was just crazy. You know, and then I realized big ticket, you know, started building and developing and things like that. So that's kind of how that evolved, but it all started with an idea. Yeah. And it started with the belief that I could do it. And it wasn't, all of these, man, I can't do that. And somebody tell me, oh, you'll never do this. You know, how am I going to do that? It was like, you know, it was like, how am I, how can I make this happen? And I I didn't sit there and worry about it. I just did it. I just went out and I knocked on doors and, you know, called everybody I knew and said, Hey, I got this company and I'm doing this. And I put an ad in the paper and put ads in the phone book. And then I, you know, showed up and did what I said I was going to do. There you go. There's a couple other things you mentioned there that are really subtle. One is, I know because we've talked about it before. You you are always seeking, um, not necessarily mentors. That's probably a stretch, but you are always looking to to get into new rooms or new circles. And and you know you went from me this one guy to a bigger team, and then you're doing construction and and you know big homes on the beach development. And you got there because you interacted with new and new networks or new and new circles. Uh, I don't think enough people realize as you grow, you may need to change or evolve you know, the rooms that you were in, if you will. Yeah. So I learned, you know, I would call it mentors, you know, not like in the official capacity, because mm-hmm. that wasn't even really a thing back then. Yeah. But people that, that guided me and helped me, one of the first one was one of the one, one of the guys I worked for in California when I first got out of the Navy, he had his own little business and I was his helper. And, you know, um, we did, um, we installed implant offices and pallet racks and conveyor systems and things like that in warehouses, you know, in California. Okay. So I learned that business it was material handling systems. And, um, yeah, you know, and it got to the point to where I'm a hard worker and, you know, I take the initiative, which is the key. You have to be a hard worker and you have to take the initiative. Now I'm not saying that you have to grind hundred hours a week. Like some people out there promote, and you just mm. got to go, go, go. And you got to be obsessed and you got to run it relentless. It's not like that, but you do need to be a hard worker. You need to be not afraid to work hard and do what it takes and mm-hmm. stay as long as you need to, to get the job done. But I'm not saying you need to be a workaholic. Right. So there's a, there's a line there. Um, and I took the initiative and he saw that and, you know, and I said, look, I want to go do these projects on my own. You don't need to be here. Just let me get a helper. You can grow your business. You know, it was my idea it was, you know, for him to grow. So we started doing that and that's how I learned. And, um, you know, when I had my own business, uh, fast forward to 97, you know, when I had my own business, you know, that was the same approach that, that I took with my people whoever had took the initiative, you know, and wanted to grow, I'd let them. But anyways, I would seek out people to learn from. And I started doing some work for people that were buying houses and, you know, hiring me to fix them and, and renovate them and sell them. So I learned from them what they were doing, how the financing works, why they were doing that. These guys were, 
you know, multi, multi-millionaires, probably 20 to 50 million was their net worth at the time. This is back in 97 to 99. And they could do anything. I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm like, yeah. you, you have all this money, you do all these things. Why are you flipping these little houses on the beach? And they explained to me, you know, how leverage works and tax advantages and things like that. And the returns they were getting on the cash, uh, you know, it was the ROI on the cash. Like a lot of people think, man, if I go, you know, borrow 500 grand to, you know, renovate a beach house and sell it for 700, well, you know, that's only a, a return of 200 on, you know, 500,000 or whatever. And I'm like, no, what'd you put down? They're exactly. Like, oh, what is your down. money? Yeah. yeah. So that's your return. So a lot of people really don't connect those dots. They don't yeah. understand real cash on cash return. And that's what it was really all about. They could lever these things up, you know, so well that they didn't have to use any cash. And there was really nothing else that they could do in their worlds, mm -hmm. you know, that could equal that and the tax advantages of, of this real estate because you'd own it for a year and then sell it. So long-term capital gain, you'd get to write stuff off, accelerate depreciation, you know, all these different things, um, you know, back then. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was one thing. The other thing was builders. So, so I was doing little remodeling handyman work that none of the other builders wanted to do because they were building big houses. Yeah. So when I first started out, I became a specialist. So the other thing is excellence of execution, yeah. specialized focus, discipline, and then you have to execute. So what I did was all we did was remodeling when I first started out. That was it. I was a 100% remodeling contractor. Mm -hmm. My goal was to be the largest remodeling contractor in the area. We hit that within a year or two. Wow. Went from zero employees to 21, had, you know, trucks with every tool you could think of. We did all the work in-house, all full-time employees. And all we did was remodeling. And 90% of our work came from other builders who had clients that were coming to them. And they're like, no, nah, we don't do that. All we do is build. But hey, this guy's the best in the area. You need to hire him. So then I didn't even really need to do sales calls. I was right. just showing up, <laughs> you know? And I would tell them I knew my numbers, I knew what stuff cost, so they could describe their project to me. And I'd tell them on the phone how much it would probably cost. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, if you want me, you know, I'll, I'll send you a contract that's cost plus, you know, you send me a deposit, we'll go do it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I didn't have to show up really. It was just like, we, it wow. was that busy, yeah. you know, but that's the other thing. I became an expert at something that other people didn't want to do. And then I got referrals from the best in the area, these that's people great. that have been building and developing. Um, and then I got smart like them. And I said, wait a minute, why am I doing a you know, 10,000, 100,000, $250,000 remodel when I can do a million dollar house and right. make, you know, a couple hundred thousand bucks, you know, on that gross profits, yep. you know, versus, you know, 50,000 or a hundred thousand on this, you know, so yeah. I started doing those and, you know, went, went on and on from there. So that's, yeah. that's how that particular business worked. Yeah. And it, the amazing thing is I'm hoping there's some young entrepreneurs out there watching this because I can tell you right now, the uh, the contractor handyman remodeling business uh, it's a great time to start one everybody's busy uh, tradesmen are hard to find so it you know it could be uh, it's the same environment now yeah for starting that that it was back then you couldn't I, get anybody to do anything and that's kind of how it is now man I that's mean, exactly was, right yeah, <laughs> there, there is a business opportunity. My yard. yeah I was trying to get some stuff done in my yard recently and nobody would you know show up and say oh, I'll be there didn't show up same old thing and then we saw somebody who posted on Facebook and, uh, you know, hey, looking for odd jobs. And he came out and showed up, knocked it out and you know. yeah, got paid. Again, folks, if you want to start all over, just get that business card that says, I'll call you back and I will show up. Uh, it is that. So that's how I'll you give start. you another one. So sure. there was a restaurant environment where it was easy and quick to open restaurants and cheap, almost free, um, like there is now. So there was a lot of vacant restaurant spaces back in 2008 and nine when a bunch of high-end restaurants went out of business and the economy was changing expense accounts were eliminated. So all the, you know, restaurant spending was, was, um, 
you know, being eliminated. So there was fully outfitted turnkey restaurants that you could walk into and open mm -hmm. that landlords would just do all kinds of deals for you. So right now, if you're in the restaurant industry and you want your own restaurant, you want your own business, there are a lot of vacant restaurant spaces out there that are fully equipped, ready to go, that you can walk into and you can be up and running within 30 days if you know your stuff and you have a menu and you have a little all that worked out literally from the time you take possession of that space you can negotiate three to six to maybe even nine months free rent to mm -hmm. get in there get opening get operating because it's we're still in the pandemic right now and a lot of people still aren't back out eating at scale you can get your opening inventory fronted to you by the vendors for 30, 45, 60, maybe even 90 days to get up and running. So all your supplies, you can get your first initial order, including all your small wares, this, that, and the other to get that restaurant open. You know, you can pay the vendor out, you know, over the next 30, 45 days in cash flow. Um, you know, the landlord, you know, you can negotiate a deal on the lease with the landlord where they will give you the money to build the space out if you need build out, but really all you need is, you know, paint and decor and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then you can hire your labor and bring them in. And, you know, there's a two week delay on paying people. So literally you can walk in, you know, do a little carpet, a little bit of paint, a little bit of stuff that you can negotiate paying somebody out or trade a lot of that out with restaurant credit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hire your people, train them in two weeks, open the doors, you're up and running in 30, 45 days in a restaurant without having to really pull any money out of your pocket at all. Wow. You're going to need money for licensing and permits and things like that. So you might need a little bit, but you can get that from, you know, investors or credit cards you know, whatever. or whatever. But yeah. The key is though, you got to know what you're doing. You need to yeah. know the numbers, know the business, know the recipes, have a system, have a menu, have a concept. You know, you have to be an expert at something in order for, for this to happen. And every yes. business I opened, I partnered with an expert in the businesses that I wasn't an expert in. And I just, my job was to grow and scale them through marketing and what we're talking about right there, knowing how to get things done. So, yeah, I mean, that's how you start with nothing. Very cool. This has been a great conversation. I look for round two. Uh, how can people follow you and be part of your world? GregDickerson.com. That's where my YouTube channel podcast, all my information is. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it.